So I kind of had a roadmap. Um, this is not, like I said, not the first time. It's probably, uh, it's like the second time, actually. It was 20 years ago that I was in a similar situation. Um, and I had to kind of get it together. Uh, so I had something, I had kind of a, a roadmap or a, yeah, to fall back on. And uh, it was just, um, yeah, this is, what's coming up is, um, yeah, it, it's kind of like sink or swim, man. I, uh, mm. Yeah, this is hard to talk about, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so this this happened to me 20 years ago, and I was in a similar situation when COVID hit. Um, I didn't take care of my finances. It's kind of a, a shadow piece. And so fast forward 20 years, um, I, I rented a room from a friend of mine uh, who actually kind of was helping me out 20 years prior. Mm. Um, so I, here we are fast forward 20 years. I'm living with her again. She's an empty nester. She's a good friend. I needed a place to stay. Um, I was starting a business. Um, I was working a job that wasn't paying me a lot of money. Um, I was living paycheck to paycheck because I hadn't looked at um, really at the financial piece and how to kind of um, I just kept spending money and sticking my head in the sand around saving. And uh, when COVID hit, I lost my job, uh, my business, and I reached out to a family member who was living in Texas. And he's like, Hey man, I love you. And I don't think that this is the move to let me, to, for me to let you stay with me. I think maybe you should explore going back to Buffalo to be with your family. And that made sense to me. Like I could see how him allowing me to stay with him would only enable me to continue to behave the same way and that he was setting a boundary that made sense to me. So COVID hit, um, I was working a job that I wasn't making enough money to, su to support myself. And uh, I was starting a business, a kid's fitness business that I was trying to scale that was starting to go well, um, starting to make more money, starting to, to get that thing to take off. And then COVID hit the rec center where I was working, doing the kids fitness closed, um, working at the place I was working was not 
allow was not I was not making enough money to be able to move into my own apartment and to take care of my kids and my and my responsibilities with child support and medical benefits and all that other stuff. Um, and then my the place where I was staying, the room that I was renting with my friend, um, her kids were in college and they needed to come home and they needed a place to stay. So she had to let me know, mm. um, I need the space. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? And um, was having a challenging relationship with my children um, and with their mother. And what when my when my cousin Pete said, "Hey, listen, Scott, I don't think you staying with me is is the answer. I think you should explore going back to Buffalo." Like that really made sense, and I was a little scared to ask my family because I had a story that they were going to say, no, we don't want you here. Um, and I felt some embarrassment around having to ask for help. And uh, once I got over that and I asked, they welcomed me with open arms, put everything in storage. Um, and I set, I think this is the big piece, Rob, is I set the intention in my mind that this was going to be a journey and it was going to be easy. And I, and I was going to execute without hesitation on getting a, a fucking badass job. Um, and so in my mind, I had already imagined what it was going to be like when I got there, I mm. was going to execute immediately on landing. Uh, I had another friend there who had, a landscaping business that I've known all of my life. I reached out to him and said, Hey, Rob, um, before I get working at a, a job that I'm going to be making some money at, can I come work for you and rake leaves and cut lawns and do whatever? And he said, yes. Um, so I had that in place, uh, got in my car, moved back to Buffalo with my clothes and my computer made it in 21 hours, which was record time. Mm, wow. <laughs> yeah. Let me, um, I, I want to see if I fully get the story so far. Um, and what I'm hearing is that you were in a position where it was kind of like you mentioned sticking your head in the sand and like ignoring finances kind of just, uh, uh, buying things without paying attention to what was coming in and what was going out. And uh, when COVID hit, uh, your personal business kind of failed and, or not failed, but rather it, there was no way to proceed forward with it. Sure. Uh, and then with the job that you had, um, that wasn't enough money that, at least not to like find a place to rent. So you're staying with a friend that you'd stayed with before when you fell back into that pattern. Um, and then her kids needed to move back from college because of COVID. So mm. that left you in like a pretty, like a wonky situation. Like, Oh, like, Hey, now I have no place to stay. Like, what am I going to do? So you reached out to your cousin and he was like, Hey, I think it'd be better if you stayed with family. And then, uh, throughout all of this, what I'm hearing is that like, this is a constant process of surrender. You have to give up what your brain kind of wants it to look like, like, I don't want to have to go back home. I don't want to have to move. I don't want to have to ask for help. 
and just surrendering into it again and again and continuing to ask, which is pretty remarkable. Like, I think if I'd been put in a similar situation, I, I don't know if I would have reacted the same way. Probably would have just tried to figure it out on my own, then spiraled more. So, so far, that's what I'm hearing that's separating you from, like, another person in this situation. Um, does that feel correct so far? Yeah, yeah, you that feels right spot on, man. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for the acknowledgement, man. That hearing you reflect that back to me, like, like, wow, like, it, it, when I was thinking about it, what was coming up for me, why I couldn't even get started was I felt, you know, embarrassed. I felt that embarrassment and shame that I felt initially. And then moving out of that, that's out of that victim mindset and into a place of empowerment, like hearing that back from you is like, yeah, my chest, I was like, Oh, like starting out, I was like, Oh, but <laughs> hearing it back is like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, yeah. Yeah, that's accurate, man. Yeah. I get that. Like there's, there's a lot of shame around a number of those situations, I think just embedded within culture that I, if I look at it, it sounds like that would be one of the main reasons why people get stuck. No one wants to have to ask family for help. That's like, that's quote unquote embarrassing. But then what do we do when we try to figure it out on our own, like get into more debt, you know, borrow from the bank and now, yeah. It, it makes sense and yet you know there is that wall in the way so uh, i'm also hearing that um well yeah the move is to push through and you're you're continuously doing that and what you're doing here kind of exemplifies that thanks man yeah yeah that's that's something going through a divorce um going through a, a lot of adversities the one thing that I can draw from is this, this constancy of pushing through, like one of the, one of the other constants in my life has always been fitness and exercise. And any time there has been any sort of adversity, um, that one part of my life is always, I've always stayed true to that. And it's always helped me through. And when you're exercising, doing CrossFit, running Spartan races, doing all this stuff, you're putting, you're going through some shit, man. And um, even though it's painful, there's just something that it helped to rewire my brain knowing that I can get through this, you know, um, there's, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to just lay down and give up. I might get kicked in the balls and, drop to my knees man but like there's a there's a weird kind of uh, like i i like i like it i don't i like that i know that i can make it through to the other side and that life is gonna put you to your knees man and like there's this really cool quote that i like that you know um happiness isn't getting what you want it's wanting what you get mm. and you know <laughs> this mm. is what i'm getting man so i like you said there's this deep surrender to what you're getting and recognizing that it's an opportunity for me to grow and yeah 
like there's some growth there's an it's an opportunity for me to face a shadow a part of me that i've disowned you know that this isn't bad luck or it happened oh covid um this is my behavior you know covid is like the world the, the universe is showing me a mirror to where i need to grow up where i behave like a child because had i not had i taken care of my finances i wouldn't have had to leave texas I mm. would have had a six months, um, you know, emergency fund where I would have been solid. And um, so it's always constantly keep pointing the finger back at myself and saying, okay, this is a choice. This is a behavior. This is a pattern. This is a habit. This is a shadow. This is something I need to look at in myself so I don't end up in the same spot again. Yeah. I think, I think that's really important. And we touch on two things that I want to highlight here. The first is that I'm hearing that you have an expert mindset in place. And the expert mindset that I'm hearing is in times of challenge, I push through and I know things are going to be okay, which is really cool to hear about. Um, and we, we talk on other podcasts about how mindsets are earned. And here's like another example, like, Scott has spent his entire life pushing through adversity. He does it in the way that he works out. It's just the way that he has lived and he can trust in himself without having to fight his mind. He just knows he's going to be okay. I can kind of relate this a little bit in my own head to like my mindsets around people. So I, I know that if I am with someone, I can get really connected with them. I can get to be like best friends with that person. Just give me an hour. I know I'm going to get there. Sounds like you have the same thing though, with just like challenge, which is like pretty badass warrior shit. And then the other piece that I'm hearing is something that I've completely forgotten, but it seemed important at the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Um, the, the bit around responsibility, I think, I think responsibility is like such a useful frame because when I look at stuff that's happened to me, a lot of times my brain makes it so that it's like like circumstances happen to me and like oh it like that was a bad time it was unfortunate like i you know thing things are coming at me and like wow my life is hard but that removes my ability to choose and they've done many studies on this like if for you who's listening right now we talk a lot about psychology and why things are important based off of psychology and when people don't have choice um, it's really easy to spiral. We die faster when we're older, when we don't have choice, you know, um, it, it leads to that feeling of helplessness and being stuck and being responsible for where I am, like what Scott was doing in his situation. Um, that's often the gateway to actually being motivated again, to finding direction and purpose again. Hey, I fucking did this to myself. And if I did this to me, then I have the ability to get out again. And I think it's really important that you highlighted that. Um, and I also jumped in. Um, so I would love to just kind of hear where the rest of the story goes. I, I know that it left off at like, you started at, you went back to Buffalo and you, t or you were about to go. Uh, you talked to a friend and he was like, um, yeah, you can help out with my landscaping business. And then you drove like 21 hours and beast moded it back home. Um, what happened after that? Yeah, thanks, man. Um, well, uh, I decided that I, I have a CDL license, so that ensures a pretty decent 
um, starting pay. And I've been doing it. I've got quite a bit of experience. So I was going to use that to fall back on. Um, I was going to, I knew I was going to get a job driving for a company here. And I also, in my mind, before I left, set the intention that I'm going to get the highest paying job with the best organization when I get here. Mm. Um, so when I landed in Buffalo with that intention, I, I stayed with my buddy, Rob, for a little while, who was the guy with the landscaping business. Um, so I could immediately start working and just, you know, uh, helping him there mm -hmm. to start getting some money together. And I just got on the internet. I got, you know, I got on Indeed, I think it was, and just started looking for some, uh, some of the highest paying driving jobs in the area. Uh, and I landed two, uh, one with UPS Freight and uh, another with a local uh, uh, grocery chain. And I got hired for both. Mm. And I ended up taking the one at the grocery chain because of the work schedule. It was a four day on, three day off schedule. And because of COVID, they were offering a really kick-ass sign-on bonus because mm. we were essential. Um, people needed to get food groceries, you know, toiletries, all that stuff that was going. They offered an amazing sign-on bonus, an amazing hourly rate, amazing daily bonuses. And I knew it was an opportunity for me to make as much money as I could. And for a, in a, for a long, an ongoing period of time, um, they had plenty of work so I opted for that job, even though I did get hired at UPS Freight, they didn't have quite as much work and it was going to take an extended period of time for me to work up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's phenomenal. And I, I think that we, um, I, I would love to unpack that a little bit more because what you've described, you made sound really easy. You just found a job and they found the two best paying ones with the best benefits and then you landed both of them. And I think that this might be a superpower of yours. I've seen you do this over and over again, like out of nowhere, here's a job and here's a new gig and someone who wants to work with me for coaching. And you always make it sound incredibly easy, which has me believe that this might be a natural strength of yours. And I, I feel so much curiosity about like what it is about the way that you interact with folks that has them be like, oh, I need to hire Scott like right now. And I just talked to him yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for that. That's a great question. And for the listener, man, I mean, this is something that you and I are deeply dedicated to is relationship. And so how I do this is I, for the listener who is just filling out an application online and leaving it to chance, like maybe they'll call me. Here's, here's my move is I research the company. I find out who the HR person is. I find their phone number I, or whoever's phone number I can. And I immediately, immediately reach out and connect with them mm. and develop a relationship with them. And I feel like that has given me the upper hand. And um, so that has been, I think, um, like the, the monumental move for me, it's setting the intention that this is what I'm going to manifest in my life. And then it's also developing these relationships with the people that I want to work for. 
and stopping at nothing until I achieve that. Um, I think that's it for your listener. That's, that is the big takeaway. And that has been my experience. So human mm. is as much as we are online in a, in a digital age, human relationship is the move, man. And is the, is the connection. And I think the people on the other side of the computer want that as much as you or I do. Um, so that that's to answer your question, man, that has been, that's the move for me, man. That's brilliant. That's so smart. Um, I've noticed the same thing with sales. It's, it's not that like sales doesn't work, but what works better is human connection and relationships. Same deal. Like if I treat this person like a person instead of like a prospect to be closed and I take my time to establish a connection before I let them know, Hey, I'd like to work with you. Um, there's a big difference. Like maybe the last four people that I've talked to are all interested in becoming clients. And it's, it's because of the same approach that you're talking about here. Mm. And I think it's also, if you're listening right now, it, I think it's also got a lot to do with the fact that we make decisions based off of emotions, period. And who am I going to choose? I have like 200 applicants and one person who fucking cared enough to reach out to me and see how my day was going. And like, what are you looking for? Like, what would, what would be the best sort of role for her? Like, what does your life look like? Whatever questions you're asking at that moment, um, creating a connection so that this person can look and see like, oh, well, I actually have a feel for who this person is. Like, and I might, they're, they're going to be a good fit. Like, and I think that naturally leads me to this next question of like, how do you even begin that conversation? If I think like, I don't know how it would start. Yeah. Yeah. That's another great question, man. I listening to what you were saying that, that, you know, you're, you're right. Creating that connection with the other person on the other line, but I don't go, I don't think about what I need. I, I think about them first and I just am get, I get curious. I love that tool. I love curiosity. Like, Hey, how's your, like, don't dive in, like asking for something immediately. It's like, Hey, you know, how are you? What's going on in your life? Tell me about your kids. Like just genuinely, if, if, there's, if it's, if there's an opening for that, you know, cause of course I want to keep it professional, but then I also genuinely am concerned, especially during COVID. Like we were, we're all going through some shit and yeah. here's this person dealing with some shit and probably their, their shit at home. So I like genuinely want to know what's going on for them and allow them to maybe release some of that, you know, tension or anxiety or, you know, whatever's going on for them and like genuinely bond with them rather than going in just for some, like, I'm worried about me over here. I need, I'm, I need a job and I need money. Like this person has the, is the gatekeeper. Mm. And I genuinely care about how they are and, what's going on in their life, especially in this day and age and this time. So that was kind of the, you know, just genuinely caring and wanting to know and being curious what's up for them, you know? Yeah. Now, I think this is the magic that a lot of people are missing. So if like, like in what, what's that book that I hate? How to win friends and influence people, right? Like the idea is to sort of emulate what you're doing. And it's like, oh, ask them a bunch of open-ended personal questions and they'll love you. People fucking love talking about themselves. And I think that's kind of hollow. I think we can all tell when someone's just asking questions and doesn't care. So how do you get to a place where you care about a total stranger that you just found on the internet like a little while ago and then convey that? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, man. Right on. Yeah, that. Who, uh, Rob, you and I uh, are involved in this deep relationship work, man. And for me, learning how to come from my heart uh, has been a process. Mm-hmm. And so it maybe the process before I get on the call is to is to drop into my heart. And what that might look like for your listener is to is to maybe do a brief meditation, man. Maybe to just close my eyes and um, you know, get out of my head, drop down, take some deep breaths. And uh, you know, set I do this quite often. I do it in exercise. I do it um before uh like I'll give you a couple examples how I drop into my heart and and send love. So in 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 a workout, if if I'm going strong, if I'm feeling really strong in myself, and let's say it's a race, it's a foot race is part of the workout, and I'm I'm coming up on passing someone, rather than coming from an egoic place where ah fuck you man I I'm kicking your ass, like I drop into my heart, and I uh, I. I send that person my strength. It's kind of like, you know, hmm. yeah, as I'm coming up on them, I'm like, I go stronger in my body when I send love out to another person. So it's a process of, I think, okay, I'm coming up on this person. I'm utilizing their energy because they're ahead of me right now. So them being ahead of me is an opportunity for me to get ahead in the workout. I'm going to not, I'm going to send my strength to them as I pass them. Hey brother, thank you for you running faster because if it wasn't for you, I couldn't have bettered myself in this race. So Mm. I, it had to be both of us in this. So rather than going against, I'm going with the flow of energy. His energy allows me to show up stronger. So that's one circumstance, one um, way that I get into my heart is by sending love, sending That's strength huge. to another. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah. And like today, um, I this I cleared up some of my, some old karma too, man. <laughs> as a, as in this um, in this uh, in this practice, uh, I first day. I'll backtrack a little. First day of snow in Buffalo. First time I've been in Buffalo for twenty five years. I'm on my way to work. Um, it's snowing like crazy, it's slippery. Snow's accumulated on the ground. There's a red light. I've got a green light, and I look to my left, and this car's flying through the green light or through the red light, and I couldn't stop. I would. I had a green light. I was going. Mm. He had a red light. I looked to my left. He wasn't slowing down. He actually sped up, and I'm like, oh fuck. So he's coming through the intersection, and I'm like. Uh, I hope I don't hit this guy. Well, unfortunately, I couldn't slow down enough. I clipped the back of his car. So in my mind, I'm like, I don't remember there being any tension. All I remember is this is going to be an opportunity for me to meet someone. What an odd way for us to meet. Whoa. Yeah. And so I... uh I get out of the car after we both stopped. His car flipped around. Um, he came up to me. He's like, hey, man, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, man. I'm Scott. How are you? Nice to meet you. What a, what a cool way for us to meet, right, brother? 
And he just looked at me like I was nuts. He's, and then after having a conversation with him, you know, he thought, I, I thought I was going to have to fight or I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I just wanted to thank you for, for being so cool. And I'm like, no problem, man. So after that, um, we go through the insurance process. I've got to get a rental car. Um, both of us were fine. He was at fault. It's not costing me anything. I have to go get my car fixed today or go to have it, drop it off to pick up a rental car. Well, in my past, I hadn't taken care of a bill and I didn't know how extensive it was. And I'm thinking, I got to go in and rent a car. Last time I tried to rent a car, um, I got denied. And I'm thinking, you know what? So I set the intention on my way to go to the place to pick up my rental car. First, I dropped down and I sent everybody there who I was going to meet love and appreciation and surrendered back to the surrendering part, surrendering to whatever was going to occur. Maybe I wasn't going to get a rental car. And that was because of my past karma, not paying a bill, but I didn't know how extensive it was. It could have been thousands of dollars. I didn't remember. Um, so I show up, I walk in, everybody's like super nice, man. I start connecting with them, you know, Hey, just genuine. I was in my heart, man. Just wanted to know what was going on for them, how their day was going. The people from the rental car place then show up to drop the car off and everything seems cool. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, did you rent a car in 2015 and have an outstanding bill? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> yep, here's my karma. And I'm going to surrender to whatever comes up. And uh, the young lady goes, oh, um, you owe $116. And I'm like, this sigh of relief, you know, like it wasn't 5000 or whatever. Um, so I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, she's like, well, can you take care of it? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. That'll be fine. I give her my credit card. Everything gets taken care of. Um, it worked out perfectly. But prior to me going to this, I was aware that there was something hanging there. And I wasn't sure how it was going to play out. And I just surrendered to things I set the intention that I was going to have an amazing experience. Like I wasn't, I already knew it was going to be beautiful, whether I got denied or whether I got a rental car, whatever was going to happen was going to happen perfectly. Hmm. And so it's like, we're creating our experiences with our thoughts rather than reacting from a, a conditioned habitual, um, place. And I just, I, I just have really been practicing that lately, like getting into my heart and regardless of me, you know, getting what I want, I'm going to want whatever I get. And it's still an opportunity for me to create connection and love. And it just worked out magnificently, man. And, um, had a great experience, got the rental car, my car's getting fixed. Um, just super, super stoked, man. Dude, um, that that's this is huge. So I want to break this down really quickly. 
I'm hearing that in the process of dropping into your heart, it can look a number of different ways. But the vibe that I'm really getting here is it's kind of consistent. Like instead of I got to beat you, it's like I am grateful in that running example. And that's the energy that I'm putting out. How can I be grateful for this person, for the challenge that they're offering me, for the growth that they provide, for what they've made available to me that I didn't see immediately? So I'm no longer coming from oppositional energy. I'm coming from this person is my ally. And not taking it on as a tactic, but actually like getting the visceral embodied understanding of like, oh, like this person is is helping me. Um, the other piece that I'm hearing is that when you got into that or when that person crashed into you from running a red um, instead of coming from the fight response, which I think would be pretty normal. Like that would that would be like completely justified in that situation. That is a fight or flight situation. Someone almost died. You came from what an odd way to meet someone, which is like such a Zen, <laughs> like, like this is clearly someone who's been meditating kind of response. Right. And I think it, I remember after coming out of my Vipassana, like a hundred hours of meditation, mm. that was also the place I was in. Like, Hey, this person's blocking off my car with their baby stroller and I can't get there. It wasn't, Hey, this person's an inconvenience and how do I fight them? So they leave. It's like, wow, this person might be going through a lot. Like, you know, I bet they're really having a hard time because they've got this kid and, you know, they look like maybe they haven't gotten enough rest. I hope they're doing okay. Um, and so it's so interesting seeing that your fight or flight response, even in a life or death situation, has been diminished. Is that because of meditation? Mm. You know, uh, I feel like it, I feel like it has. Because uh, if I'm, remembering the moment that it happened and i do pretty you know really really well when it was happening there wasn't a contraction it was more again a surrender and i just remember how relaxed i felt and it was amazing and i just that i think it's rewiring not only my nervous system but my brain as well and how to, since we're creators and this is how I feel, I know that I'm a creator and I'm creating my reality, whatever it is, you know, my, whatever it is that, yeah, man, meditation has been a huge tool to help me to come from a heart centered place rather than a, from a conditioned, a conditioned um, reactive place, you know, mm how i've how we've reacted uh, or let me back up i feel like i used to just react to the outside world thinking that was the cause of why i felt the way i did and meditation has helped me to realize i'm the creator of my experience and of my life and if i just breathe that i'm the space between my thoughts that there's you know kind of like in music if there was no space between the notes, it would just be one continuous <laughs> note. There, there would be no music. So I'm recognizing that if I can create a tiny bit of space between, you know, what it what occurred in the moment and what I want to create, that it's more harmonious and it's more conducive to a, a 
to a connection with this other human being or to myself ultimately, man. Mm. That's huge. That is huge. Something that I relate to that that's happening over on my end is within conversations, even especially for these types of conversations, it's really tempting for me to want to move the conversation forward. I want to progress. I want to get to the next step. Coaching conversations, similar. Like, I want this person to get to the next logical step so they can get their breakthrough, so they can be free. Hmm. But while that can be effective, I would say that the more effective approach that I've been trying on is I just be with that human and I be with their humanity and I don't try to rush it. Like what comes up naturally is what's going to come up naturally. And that's yielded much better results. And it, it feels very similar to what you're talking about. I think the other thing that I want to note uh, for those of you listening, the science behind why this is an effective approach with people is that we have mirror neurons. And mirror neurons mean that I can read someone else's emotions. I literally feel them, and I will automatically adopt them. Uh, and this is in place for most of us, some stronger than others. If someone is coming at me from fight or flight energy, or if someone's coming at you from fight or flight energy, our bodies will react and put us into fight or flight as well. And it's that much more likely that we're going to end up inside of a conflict uh, or having a disagreement or like wanting to punch each other in the throat, like whatever that looks like. <laughs> Stab you in the neck with a pencil. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just escalating super hard right now. But yeah, it, and it does that. It tends to do that. And then we feel like all crap afterwards. And that's all because of the intentionality of the energy that we're coming in with when we are dysregulated and we interact mm. with other people it's very easy for us to create this reality where everything sucks and if you've ever had a day where you woke up and you were just like why does everyone hate me it's because of this because yeah. there's something in the background that hasn't been processed that has you in fight or flight yeah man i yeah i agree i am curious too about your coaching it, how you being with, you know, what's coming up for you when you want, your, you know, you want your client to get the breakthrough. I imagine that feels uncomfortable on your side and you're, you're having to kind of separate yourself out. Like, okay, I'm dealing with this, but I need to be with them because what's more important is, you know, their breakthrough at their time when they get it not i want you to get this in more like a forcing so you're just it's more in a space of allowance and surrender so i'm really curious you know how that shifted for you and, and what you've noticed about yourself i'm not yo i'm not i'm not even sure where that came from i just one day i think i just caught it and what you're describing to me if i look at it that way what i can see is that i'm just setting myself aside so that I can be a more open space for them. Like I'm removing more of me from the equation that I didn't know was in the equation. Yeah. I think maybe part of that has been looking for, like there's an exercise that I do sometimes in group coaching where I have people have a conversation, but I also have them look to see what job am I trying to perform while I'm in this conversation? Am I the host? Yeah. Am I the mediator? Am I the question person? Am I the one who like just agrees and like smiles? Am I the one who feels compelled to feel the silences? And when I notice that job, is that something that I want to be doing? And the job that I assigned to myself when I'm on a coaching call is 
I'm kind of like the MC. I got to move the action forward. And if I'm not、mm. doing that, then I'm wasting time. And that's not true. Right. Yeah. It makes more sense for me to be、uh, kind of even less involved. Like, try, try less, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that, because what, what I was getting was it was more about you and what you wanted rather than it being about your client and what they needed in the moment. So, you're, what, what I'm hearing is you're just providing this open space for them to process and, and get what they need to get when they get it. And rather than you trying to, I didn't see it as forceful, but again, we were talking a lot about surrender and allowance. And it, I imagine it feels, Uh, it feels better for your client for them to like naturally get what they need to get. Yeah. Yeah. There's like an element of wrangling when it comes to like trying to force a breakthrough with someone and they'll get there. Like, yeah, I, I never end a session without someone getting a breakthrough, but it's way more effortful for both of us if I'm resisting what they're going through right now. <laughs> Sure, sure. That makes a lot of sense, man. And, and I guess you could always take the Tony Robbins, you know, it, it, move to. And like when you, so I guess it's a, it's a beautiful dance, is what I'm getting. You know, sometimes you might feel like the move for you is to force it a little bit because they're not at a space. So you have to be completely present and aware to know when that's the right move for you. And、uh, yeah, it's a delicate balance, man. And I honor you for. For doing this type of work. And for your listener,、um, I am a client of Rob's、uh, and I get plenty of breakthroughs.、Uh, and I just appreciate you for you know, how you coach and、um, your evolution, man, because you've helped me many, many, many times move through some really uncomfortable shit at my own pace, man.、Um, I never, it never felt forced.、Mm-hmm. It always felt natural and authentic.、Um, and that's one of the things I love about you is your. Authenticity、um, and your willingness for me to process things at my own pace, man.、Um, so, thank you. I just wanted to sh- you know, shout you out. Big shout out.、Mm. Yeah. <laughs>、uh, okay, gotta let this in. I'm, like,、yeah. I'm smiling and resisting it, so that must mean I'm happy.、Yeah, that's, that feels almost like overwhelming to receive. Thank you. That, that's、yeah. big. You're welcome, man. We had a conversation about this very thing, I think, yesterday, man. The smile. Yeah, yeah, we did, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that lands really well. That feels very validating. And yeah, thank you. It's very tempting、well, to move the conversation forward. And I'm going to do it because we're low on time, but also because <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with this. So. <laughs> In the, in the time that we have left,、um, in the last few minutes, I think, what do you think is like the, the big thing that keeps you from falling back into the old way of doing things?、Uh, man, I do fuck up sometimes.、Yeah. I, I, you know, I fall backwards and then I fall, <laughs> you know, then I run forward. It's, I don't want your listener to think like I'm in some place where I, I constantly am fucking up and falling on my face. But I guess. One of my mentors、um, said this to me, and I said it out loud to myself, and it made all the difference in the world. And if I can share a piece of wisdom with everyone out there,、um, is when I fall on my face, not if, but when, because I absolutely will, that I am committed, 100% committed to、uh, picking myself up, dusting myself off, and、uh, continuing forward, man. There is no going back, you know? 
Uh, and I had that, uh, that wasn't just saying it in my head. I had to repeat it over and over again and out loud and in the mirror and, mm. and, and like really get it into my way of being. Um, and I also think through exercise, through rigorous movement of my body in putting my body through some really difficult circumstances over and over and over again for the last 30, I'm sorry, 20 three years, 24 years has also helped me to realize and remember, because it's a process of falling asleep and waking up for me. Um, but there's something in me inherently that wants to survive, man. I want to do better. I want to continue and, and be and become the best version of me. So yeah, it's a process. That particular tool was really helpful for me. Ah, a couple steps back but I'm still going, you know, get it off and let's fucking rock and roll, man. And, and Hey, I'm a guy and I need help. I can't do this by myself. Hmm. Rob, I, I, Rob, I'm struggling over here, man. I just need to be heard in this. Hey mom, I have nowhere to fucking live. Can I come home at the age of 54 and live with you? Hmm. And what I've noticed is I'm, I'm getting met. My needs are getting met when I ask for what I want rather than floundering and flailing and thinking I have to figure it out for myself. Mm. Yeah. Asking for help was a hard one for me too. I still, I still struggle for that. Even, even coming up with what I want or what I need in the moment is like really confronting. Like you get, I get triggered from having to think about that. So yeah, yeah there, there's some acknowledgement in that for you as well. Just oh, if I if I think about what would happen if I like had to ask my parents to move back in, I think I would avoid that conversation for a few years. I'd rather just like my knee jerk reaction there is to try to just run away from the situation. And it's cool that you face that. And for those of you are rather for the listeners who want to connect with you, because I'm imagining there's going to be a number who are like, oh, he's a cool human. I want to talk with him more. How would they reach you? Like, what would be a good means of contacting you? Um, I'm on Instagram, Scott, at Scott Pags, S-C-O-T-T-P-A-G-S. Um, Facebook, I think it's Scott Pagliaccio, P-A-G-L-I-A-C-C-I-O. And um, yeah, uh, email, Scott pags 214 at gmail shoot me an email um got a podcast the conscious man on anchor um uh itunes all the spotify all those platforms you can check me out there um but yeah hit me up man love to have a conversation with anybody and share well that was a generous offering yeah That's man it. i I'm dude. I'll give you my. I'll give. I'll, I'll give out the phone number. You can. I'm old school. You want to call two one four seven six two one eight nine one is the cell number. Uh, text me. Call me. Um, I'd love to have a conversation with you, man. I, I, generosity is the move, man. I, you know, we're all going through some shit, man. And uh, if I can be a source of whatever, listening, love, appreciation, I'm I'm down for sure. Whoa, that's that's giant. That's such a big move. 
Well, yeah, uh, one of many reasons why I appreciate you for who you are. Thanks for being on, man. I think this was a great conversation, and I'm sure that we will have many future conversations <laughs> as we continue to grow. But love you, man. Thank you for being here. I love you too, brother. Thank you, and thanks to all your listeners, man. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, actually, that that is my cue as well. Thank you. I feel like I feel like I'm coming in second on this race. I should be the one thanking you, be the one thanking you first. Yeah, thank you for being here. I hope that you got something amazing out of this conversation. I trust that you did. And we will be back next Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Thank you again for tuning in. Catch you around. Peace.